HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. Since 2009, HRN podcasts have been exploring the wide world of food, beverage, and agriculture. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Hey, hey, welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on Heritage Radio Network. It's a special in-studio show, Wednesday, September 7th, 2022. And we're giving a big shout-out to Roberta's Pizza. Since day one in 2009, Roberta's Pizza in Bushwick, Brooklyn, has been the home of Heritage Radio Network. So big shout-out to them. I'm Jimmy Carboni. I'm the host. This is our 13th season. We have a special in-studio show today. And, of course, we're out in Bushwick. We're in Brooklyn. We're doing a New York City beer show so we're going to go yeah. around the room there's there's guests here from three different beer bar establishments in new york city which is m- m- to me represents the finest proprietors in the world oh, run places in new york city okay. you have to agree with that okay so let's go around the room say your name and where you work i am chris maestro the co-founder and co-owner of beer Wax queens and beer Wax brooklyn it's great to be here yahai reveal maestro co-owner of beer Wax and beer Wax queens all right Kevin Bradford, co-owner of Harlem Hops. Kim Harris, co-owner of Harlem Hops. Chris Destobier, owner of Beer Witch. All right. So this is this is an esteemed group of, of proprietors. There's nothing like it. You know, in, in the pandemic, people were had to resort to getting cans from the supermarket. <laughs> oh but God. there's something about yeah. a place, not, not just to drink, but to gather. And the people that run them are, to me, some of my favorite people in, in the city. And you go out to other places sometimes, you just quite realize what's missing. Well, there's there's that type of bar that's in New York City that you don't get in most other places. So we're going to talk a little bit to get an intro from everybody. Some of you have been on the show before and so, some are new. Let's just look, Chris and Yahira. Hello, guys. You guys have a very special place, Beer Wax, now Beer Wax Queens. So you're doing more than just beer, but beer brought you to it. Isn't that the case? That's correct. Uh you know, we actually are about to celebrate our fifth anniversary in Brooklyn. Uh, so wanted to just put that out there. We're super ooh, excited. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, and it's also, it's been such a pleasure to have my my partner in life, uh, Yahira, now work for Beer Wax full-time. Um, she can say a little bit about that, but uh, she left her job, uh, you know, that was a full-time job, and is now really like my, like my partner in everything right now. Yes. <laughs> Um, So yeah, it's exciting to celebrate uh, almost five years of our business, just as uh, Chris said. Um, You know, I can remember the early days of us two talking at home and figuring out what our business model would be and where we would be located. And so I I appreciate you shouting out Roberta's because um, we were supposed to be at a location not too far from here, actually. And we just walked by and I was telling Chris, it's incredible how the universe moves you to the places we where you are supposed to be. This was not supposed to be our location, and it's good to go back there and see that space and be like, this doesn't really mean anything anymore. Yeah. Um, so we're excited about approaching five years and working together and the new bar and whatever else will come 
uh, in, great. in the next well, few years. So happy to have you guys on now. Thank you. Now, Kevin and Kim, give a little intro about how you guys got started. I know we, we had Kim on a, a couple years ago, but let's go back. Well, I, I know that, um, I think, Chris, we're about six months behind you guys. Right. So, um, and, you know, and when you say five years, it's... But four, it's four, a little bit four and a half, four change for us. But um, I always tell Chris this story. Um, I, you know, I'm a school teacher getting into this beer industry, and um, I just remember um, I, get, I got a uh, Instagram text uh, from Chris, uh, uh, um, our beer wax. He's like, "Welcome to the industry," and I was like, "Oh man, that's just." And from that moment on, I was yeah. like, "You know, this is my dude." You know, that, this, this is God. Been, it's been that way, yeah, yeah. brotherhood, sisterhood, yeah. since day one. Yeah. You know, and um. So we're um, I could and, and Kim, Stacy, uh, Lee, uh, my partners. Um, Stacy Lee Spratz. Yeah, it, 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 it makes yeah, it makes it makes life. Oh, that, well, that, that's right. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh my goodness. Well, yeah. Yeah. Congre- Lee yeah. Yeah. This makes life easier. You know. Um, makes the business. It's not a lot of the just one. Business on you. I, I know we we can share. Yeah, I, I can yeah. I can do the beer. You can do the numbers. You know, so it's right. it's a great it's a great partnership. Like you know, you guys, you know, yeah. you guys, you know, are sharing the responsibility it makes it so much easier. But um, great. Yeah, yeah. and Kim. And uh, yeah, like when we started, I I I guess had the vision for Harlem Hops. I knew what I wanted to do in Harlem specifically. I didn't really. No, I didn't want to do beer. I wanted to do great beer, but it was Kevin that was like, oh, we have to do New York City craft beer. <laughs> and I was like, all pop. right. <laughs> you know? And like, yeah. I think, you know, and not knowing Kevin, you know, when, when we started this thing, like, I had left a, a previous partnership, and the day I decided to leave my partnership, mm-hmm. the next day, I met Kevin. Wow. So talk about yeah. Kismet and like yeah, how yeah. the universe works, right. and like everything has been moving Forward and, and, and day, never stopped since that day. That day right. we had to it, walk across the IB. We had we didn't have we, we had beams. We didn't have beams. We <laughs> had floors. There was beams on the floor. Yeah. There was no floors. Yeah. I was <laughs> like, one wrong move is it was completely <laughs> demolished. Yeah. The space was completely demolished. And I'm like, yo, I mean, I think this is a thing. And then we had to actually leave that thing because my old partner had the the lease, and then we got it back. Wow. You know, and, you know, again, going back to what you were saying about spaces and and something that's meant for you is meant for you. And and I think everything that we do, I prayed so hard to get Harlem Hops Mm -hmm. before I even met you. And like I prayed for Kevin before I met Kevin. I was like, you want somebody that knows about beer? I just want this. I'm like tearing up to get this beer. (laughs) So and then when Stacey Lee, like I always wanted her to be my business partner. So when she agreed, it just all works. I'm just happy. And we so happy to provide Harlem with like the best beer. Manhattan. Amazing. This is like grit and determination. You know, (laughs) that's an And Krista. So beer witch. Yeah. Well, tell us about Beer Witch, because you came out of nowhere, and you've got, like, the <laughs> finest little beer bottle shop oh, in the city now. Thank you. Um, I was a home brewer for a long time, and I started wow. taking brewing classes at Bitter and Afters, like most New York brewers come from, right? And I totally geeked out into beer history and beer styles, and I just wanted to run with that. Um, I love a lot of the classic styles. I really wanted to, you know fuck this myth of, you know, beer is bro and, you know, crushing cans on the head. <laughs> like, that is true, and it's great, and we love those people, right? But we also love, you know, these books that Michael Jackson wrote, and you see these pictures of yeah. people in the fields in Belgium drinking, mm-hmm. you know, Classic. foam rods out of these yeah. beautiful glassware, you know? Like, it can be a great experience. And, you know, running with all the, the beer education thing is definitely something I wanted to do. That's great. So let's again go around one more time. A special moment as a, as a bar owner or a, a, a beer person, Chris. Special moment uh, for me, and I'm, I'm sure for both of us, was seeing one of my favorite MCs of all time, Farrah Manch, drink a New England IPA at our bar, and and just seeing him on the other side of the bar, someone that I idolized growing up as as a teenager, uh, was my favorite MC for many years to be there drinking an IPA at Beer Wax was like, just blew my mind. So that's one of my favorite moments ever. 
I will say that although we were not there to see it in person, we were able to see it on camera. Uh, Quest Love being at our bar uh, for two times now, coming in and really observing the space, taking in our art, tasting our cocktail, chatting with our staff, being there with one of our regulars is a moment where I certainly look at him and realize like, holy shit, you created a space where even if it wasn't Questlove or Faramon, she could come in and feel at home. Um, so for me, the, the those are really important. It was me walking in with our kids for the first time when they were only five or four and a half, and Chris giving us the tour of what was is now our first bar in New York City. That's great, Kevin. Wow, I know you have a, a twenty stories. But... <laughs> Uh, I would say uh, the first uh, grand opening. Um, mm-hmm. I just, you know, like I said, this this is, whole industry is new to me. And just to see the bar was packed, it was a line around two corners. I'm mm-hmm. like, this is crazy. All these people are coming to Harlem Hops. They got to be going to some of the other bars <laughs> across the street. They're not coming to Harlem Hops. And sure enough, it's like, wow. And that moment just, I was like, this this is serious. Okay, well, <laughs> just tell me something about your couple of your partners, because obviously they got some spark and magic. Uh, well, you know what? Um, I couldn't, we couldn't do as a lot. I mean, we couldn't, it, we couldn't do it singly, uh, sing, singular. I mean, we had, it has to be three of us. You know, we, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, everyone does what they're good at. Uh, I, I, I'm, I, I'm getting the beer. Kim's just planning the future. She's like, you know, <laughs> she's like the mad scientist behind the wheel. Like, okay, this this is next step. We're doing this. We're doing that. And Stacey's just a number cruncher, you know. Um, and it's it's just these 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 ladies are uh, marketing geniuses, you know. Um, yeah, it's couldn't do it. Couldn't do a lot of clowns. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and Kim, for you, like you know, as as it all came together, you 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 prayed for this place. You prayed for these partners. But there, there's still some magic there. Oh, there's a lot of magic there. But, like, I will say about, you know, Stacey Lee, even though she's not present, she's very much present. And, like, yeah. she'll call you in the middle of the night, like, or send, what is this transaction? What is this? You, like, it's 3 o'clock in the morning, sis. Like, what are you doing? But you know she's always on it or watching the cameras and, like, how, like, just the three, like you said, I couldn't do this without these other people. And as much as I like to think, you know, I, I have some type of magic and I created something, I ain't, I didn't do anything without my partners. Mm. I just had an idea and a name <laughs> for me. But I do know that I, I do see a future for us and, and, it's, and the growth potential for what it is that we want to do for our community specifically. And um, and I'm just happy to be on this ride and, and I can't wait for the next steps, you know? Yeah. And Kim, the name Harlem Hops, I mean, so you had that in mind. Tell us that story, because that is a brilliant name. Oh, so it started, um, this is in 2012. I went to see one of my best friends in Atlanta. She's um, she's a little older than me, and she's always like my mentor, big sister, millionaire. So, <laughs> so I'm, at, yeah, right? Just so, so you know. <laughs> she's invited. <laughs> so, I'm sitting at her house and I'm like, you know, I think I want to do this beer bar in Harlem. And she was like, okay, do it. And I'm like, ching, ching. <laughs> I, you know, and I'm like, okay. So then I come home and then I, 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 I sit at home and I'm sitting there like, well, what do I name this thing? It's the first thing that came to my head. Wow. And like, you know, just thinking about beer. And one of, I think one of the things that I learned about beer was about the hops. My friend, he, he his boy, his family supplied the hops for Budweiser. Wow. And I was like, oh, that's how you make money. Mm. You understand? And <laughs> beer. So now I'm like, had the relation to how do you make money in beer? How do you, you know? And, and that's where I got that name. And then I, I was like, Harlem hops, let's make it make it make sense. Yeah. <laughs> and if you don't know what hops are, right. let me teach you, right. you know? Exactly. So that's pretty much how it worked. Wow, that, that's a great intro. And Chris, the beer witch, again, yeah. being a, a great bottle you shop. Great with your, you know, you, you didn't work in beer before. Your little journey to, to having a great beer shop. Um, it was 
a long time of me working in both corporate and, you know, trying to break my way in food beer. It's not like you can just say, oh, I'm going to work in beer, you know, like you need experience, you need to know people. Um, so I did both for a long time. I had, you know, two or three jobs doing a lot of side hustle work, um, just trying to get in, get some experience, learn from the ground up. Um, but for me, you were talking about, you know, why do we do it or, you know, some proud moments. And we have a lot of, we're a neighborhood bar, so we have a lot of regulars that come in. And so many times people have said, you know, thank you for making it not intimidating. You know, I didn't really know about beer before. And, you know, I didn't feel judged or criticized. And, you know, I get excited now. And, you know, we have a regular who used to only drink KBIPAs. And now he's like, he only loves farmhouse and Cezanne. And he's looking for Blougie. And it's like, it's a whole new world for him. It's just such a proud feeling, you know? And then the, the selection that you have, I mean, you're serving the beers that, that I always served at Jimmy's number 43. Yeah. And- well, my whole concept was I wanted to be like a Shelton Brothers bar. So I had, I opened in the middle of lockdown. So we weren't even a bar for the first nine months. We were just a bottle shop. Um, and I got one big order from Shelton before they shut down. So I was like, oh God, what do I do now? So I, you know, now I'm a B United bar and that's great. And now Lime Ventures are taking over a lot of the Shelton stuff. So those are my jams. I want to keep it specialty. I want to keep, you know, the classics coming in and really getting people excited. So like th- this week, I'm going to stop by your shop. Great. What are a, what are a couple, couple of beers that, that I might want to take home with me? Fantastic. Love to see you. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and we'll talk more about that. So, you know, that's a little star, but Chris, you, you brought some beer for us. So what was our first beer? This is so much fun to be in studio, guys. You have yeah, no idea. <laughs> we did the show for, in studio too. for 12 years, and now we're back. We'll, we'll actually do we, a few more here. I cracked open a, a beer from Beer Witch that Krista brought, so maybe Krista can... Uh, oh, that's my, uh, my Instagram alarm. That's real yeah, life, sorry. everybody. Yeah. <laughs> it means he has two places, and he's freaking yeah. out. Yeah, that's like posts on Instagram right now. And I can tell you, again, you know, back to the, the, back to the, back to the beer bar, you know, owners is like another guy, Kyle from the Baroness in, in, in Queens was going to come on. But on Monday he says, you know what? I have a contractor coming and I can't leave. And, and that happens a lot. When we, when we first were booking the show that, that came up more often than not, someone had a health inspection or something going on and they just could not literally leave, leave their establishment. And I remember, you know, m- many of us put in the 10, 12 hour days because there's just so much to do and, and you really want to take care of your business. So what was the beer that we had first, Krista? Oh, I don't know. I didn't see right, the bottle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, it's a Tire, the extra okay. from Brandia Tire. And tell us a little bit about that because that's a, a Shelton Brothers beer, but for a lot it's of the new generation, ventures. They, they don't know it. They only know the American beers now. Who does? A lot of the customers. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and that one, I always, you know, when I buy beer, I have my fridge organized by style. So I originally brought that one to put in the session fridge because it was like four or five. That one happens to be five, five. So they do different batches, you know, it changes over time. But it's beautiful, low ABV, Belgian style. Um, it's got the beautiful bitter hops bitter, that only, yeah, you, you know, there, French, yeah. Belgian beers have. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, tell us more about the flavors of that because I had it and I know this beer. But it perked up my mouth, and I'm like, this is the only beer I want to drink tonight. <laughs> and that's why I love beer, because in the journey of, like, quality beer and, and working with good importers and brewers, right? And I, I have brewery, always find a beer like that. So yeah, no, more about Tyrion. The brewery that, you know, you know, clearly makes their own yeast, it's almost like when you drink it so often and you have their beer, they almost have, the yeast almost has a distinctive identification. You'd be like, oh, this is totally Tyrion, right? Like, I know it, yeah. Yeah. And how about you, more about you, your education as a beer person? Because you know about yeast, you know about flavors. Uh, yeah. Uh, certified Cicerone, suddenly studying for my advance. Um, just oh, haven't yes. had the time. Good job, good job, yeah. Um, yeah. I just always want to keep learning. And, you know, for me, I'm doing this alone. I really just want the respect of the people in the beer community. And, you have it. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> I don't know. Like, we're all beer bars. We're not brewery, you know? Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. a different, you know, yeah. Well, I think one advantage you have as a beer bar is that you can pick the best. You know, I mean, there is, to me, I've always said the breweries are great, but I don't want to go and drink at one brewery all the time. Yeah, I think beer bars are more fun. The inventory changes more often. We have more variety, you know. Um, And just just a comment, one thing I love that you're doing, you, um, I went to your place, you know, last week. um, And just, I, I want to just go through the city and visit all, you know, all the craft beer bars and just see what's happening in their establishment. 
but I love how you have the um, breakdown of each on the, each beer. You have like a breakdown of each beer, so it, it lets the customer know. Oh, this has this hops. This is this type. Right. This has, and that's amazing. Or that's so great. often, yeah. you know, we just put on a menu with yeah. beer. And yeah. you can't assume that Everyone you know a customer knows right. what yeah. a wood beer yeah. is, yeah. Yes. and that's yes. okay. Like you just have to break it down yeah. for them, you know. Educate. And then they yeah. they feel more empowered, and then they feel like they learned something too. And then that's they right. take that knowledge with them to other breweries and bars. Yes, that's a great great thing. And then, how do you display your bottles? Like you mentioned, that yeah. some places have these weird mirrors. Like I it, I, I don't I want to read. I always want to read more about the beer. Yeah, well, I'm visually impaired, so I go to a lot of these breweries and bars, and a lot of them be like, "Oh, we just wrote the menu on the mirror," and I'm like, "Oh my god, I can't read that." <laughs> do you, you have anything else? Anything printed I could read? No. Oh, do you update beer menus? No, we don't really do that. Okay, so I'm comp- totally dependent on you telling me what to drink, which is fine. You know, sure, let's go there. Um, but, handwriting, you can't read the handwriting. But Sometimes no, handwriting we all have phones, <laughs> right? But you know, just to give people an opportunity yeah. to zoom in and you know, read what they want to drink. Um, I mean, half the time you can't even find ABV at some of these bars, you know? I'm like, oh, this is 11%. I wasn't ready for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, t- and you might want the barrel-aged version. Yeah. But I'm like, right. I want the 4.5% Tyriez. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And Chris, what about you? So how, how are you guys representing your beers? How do we represent our beers in what way? Yeah, when, when I'm a customer, when I walk in, just like the experience of, of going in there, I mean... You have so much to offer, but yeah. but the actual beers, how, how do I know what's, what you have? Well, I mean, we're definitely using Untapped uh, as our way. It's Everything changed with the pandemic, first of all, uh, because we kind of got rid of paper menus. Everything was a QR code and scanning. So that definitely shifted things for us um, tremendously. Um, and we just kept it because it just we changed beers so quickly that doesn't make sense for us to print out menus all the time we do have two menus on the front and the back of the bar um for our draft list but um and we'll try to reprint them at least uh, once a day but if something kicks we'll just put a sold out sign on it um but we also have our our signature board yep. uh which with the it's magnetic letters like kind of kindergarten yeah, letters <laughs> um which has become our thing and uh and we have of course we have you know the brewery the beer name we have the style on there but of course, if people have questions, if someone comes in and, and is looking for a particular style, our bartenders are trained to try to really ask a lot of questions and try to gear towards what people are into, or maybe what they don't know they're into. So yeah. yeah. And what's something that's on tap this week that you might want to recommend to me? Oh, that's um, a good question. You probably know more than I do. I actually don't. I know that we posted. <laughs> I know that we posted our board. Oh, I, the, I got it. I mean, yeah. listen, it's, like, and this is via Harlem Hops, by the way. So we have, <laughs> we have, um, we have Fiden's oh, uh, Lily yeah. Double IPA, yes. um, and Fiden's doesn't come down to New York City hardly at all. Uh, so it's really by the the blessing and graces of Harlem Hops that Kevin goes up and grabs Fiden's, and when he goes up there, he's like, "Oh, I'll grab some stuff for beer racks as well." Uh, so it's really one of both Harlem Hops and Beer Wax, one of the only bars that has Fidens on draft in New York City. Yep. Okay, so we just discovered something about this group that Kevin... <laughs> Kevin, a, can you hook me up? Special, <laughs> special <laughs> talent. So I came so, up. Yeah. So what, let, let's talk about you as the beer guy. Oh, uh, well, you know, um, wow. This <laughs> it, 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 pandemic, like you said, Chris, pandemic um, kind of started this whole beer run thing you know it's um when we first started uh we weren't really i don't think we were really taken to uh taken seriously as being a beer bar you know uh uh we would uh, uh from the distributors we would find out we would find out um about certain beers later uh, i said what well, wow well why, well why does this bar have monkeys on and how can we get off of monkeys or hill mm-hmm. farmstead and it's it, it's uh, it. I don't think you know we weren't so we weren't really taking uh, uh, stay taken serious. So um, and we were in Harlem. Like yeah, oh, they weren't they people, distributors weren't coming to Harlem at the time. They weren't really coming uptown at That's the right, time. Yeah, yeah, you're right there. And like when but you you when we first met Kevin and I, that's how we connected is going to all the breweries in in the state and meeting the owners and building those relationships before we even opened. So. That um, definitely helped, and then Kevin continued uh, <clears throat> those missions bef- uh, once we opened the bar, yeah, and yeah. and that was just what he did 
regularly. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Before we I mean, even got a bar. Yeah, like we're we're drinking Drown Lands. You know, uh, we were exactly. vi- we were actually visiting Drown Lands before they opened. Uh, Drown Lands is a um, uh, old prison. It's old uh, uh, back in the twenties. You know, mm-hmm. so um, they renovated this place. It's beautiful, uh, beautiful spot. Um, and just like you know, I think that's probably one of the most important things in this business is just building relationships. It's building relationships with these breweries. Um, a lot of breweries that we deal with are not in the distribution chain. Uh, uh, during the pandemic, during uh, being at the beginning of the pandemic, one of our customers came to us and said, "We can get this same beer at Whole Foods for cheaper." And I was like, "Oh, you can, you can." I said, "Well, you know what? Come back next. Come back next week. Cheers. Come back next week. We'll have some. We'll have some for you guys. You know." So. Yeah. Uh, Going to Overcreek, going to uh, Fightins, going up to Ten Barn, Ten Barn yeah. female-owned brewery, uh, owner and the um, CEO of the brewery. You know, um, uh, yes, yeah, two villains um, who who are now um, never, I think, never, never dead brewing. Never yeah, never, yeah, so just a lot of you know smaller breweries that are not in the distribution chain. So we, that's kind of like what we kind of focus. I, I um, want to just yeah. interject for a moment. Yeah. I appreciate um, I appreciate what Kevin is describing because Chris tends to be really humble about owning a craft beer bar in New York City and now two. And we would visit similar, if not the same establishments. And I'm like, does anybody know that we're here? Yeah. <laughs> you should, we should yeah. identify ourselves as purchasers and people that love their beer. And we want to share it, obviously, a, you know, with our customers, yeah. but also like we are consumers ourselves as as individuals. And so, what I appreciate about this relationship and partnership that you've created between Harlem Hops and Beer Wax is that it, it creates an opportunity for two distinct neighborhoods, two um, POC-owned businesses to say like, we want dope shit too. And we yeah, deserve to have yeah, yeah. Yeah. these incredible beers that don't come to Harlem. They definitely probably would come to Prospect Heights. Maybe not Beer Wax, though. We've had neighboring bars that get stuff before we did. Yes, and so, yeah. We're not going to blow up the spot, but we know. But it's the truth. <laughs> yeah. It's the truth that yeah. this Same. creates yeah. an opportunity. You have beer that I can't get and vice versa. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. But yeah. It's, it's as a result of these relationships yeah. that that we a need to learn from, right? Like I think you're describing a really smart way to put your name and face and brand at the forefront that we've learned from tremendously. I'm, you know, now that I'm in full time, I'm like, do you know so-and-so? Do they know that you're coming? You should text them. Yes, it's their day off, but we all get texts on our day off, like you said, right? Mm -hmm. We get texts at all random hours. So anyway, I appreciate what Kevin is doing and I think it's really important as a lesson in terms of like craft beer bars in New York City to be able to access beers that are not intended necessarily for our market. Yeah. So Kevin, did you bring the Drowned Lands? I know. Uh, actually, Chris, <laughs> Chris, uh, uh, this is uh, Drowned Lands and the Sea. Um, so actually, Chris, you have this. You have yeah. this. Well, we have this because when we went up to Drowned Lands, <laughs> yeah. she told me, Yahira's like, hit up the owner. You have his phone number. And he wasn't there. Mm-hmm. It was his day off with his kids. Um, and they were gearing up for their festival the next day. Right. Um, and he was like, oh, make sure you tell the bartenders that you're taking home a couple of four packs on us. Uh, so that's actually from that, you know, vi- that visit, that recent visit. So it's, it goes r- right back to what Yahira was saying. Uh, but no, they just celebrated their one year anniversary, which is beautiful. Um, and, you know, we urge everyone, if you haven't been up to Drownlands, it's just a, it's such a gorgeous brewery. And they're making great liquid. So, so for you guys, like... There's so many new breweries, especially in the last eight years, but even in the last couple of years. How do you find out about them? Krista, how do you find out about new breweries? Uh, it's hard. I was someone who never, ever used social media before having a business, and it's like you're forced to do it. You guys are great at it. You're, I need to learn from you. Give me some lessons later. But um, really, that's how you have to see. Like, oh, wow, how did they get that beer? Like, I didn't know they were distributing. You know, I had no idea. How are they getting it? What kind of, you know, so... It's just a major fear of FOMO all the time. Like, oh, man, I want that beer. I'm not getting it, you know, but it's all right. It's just going to take time, I think, you know. Um, And, you know, I'm not going hanging out with the brewers like, you know, a lot of people are. So I just 
you know, I don't know how to forge those relationships. I can send a lovely business email, but yeah. that, doesn't, that doesn't always work, you know? Yeah. So I, I don't know. Yeah, time, I guess. Kevin, I'm going back to you. You're like this new secret beer tracker or something. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's the beer scientist. Oh my yeah, God. so, you know, no, 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 Drown no. Lance, like, well, I, I saw it on social media too, and this is probably the first time I tried it. Yeah, well, I, I, another one, Tin Barn. Uh, it's a female owned brewery um, that's three miles down the street from Drown Lance. So it's like, it's a. It's, I guess, it's a beer mecca almost in, in Chester, New York, you know, which is. 15 miles north of Woodbury Commons, if you're familiar with that area. Um, District 96, Rockland County. These are breweries that are not in the that are not distributed through a union or SKI, SKI or... Uh, but they self-distribute. They self-distribute. But they select who they give it to. That's right. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. It's not um, everybody. Yeah. Well, Drown Lands actually distributes through unions, but yeah, they are only certain, there's certain, certain styles, you know, um, but yeah, somebody's got to over creep. These guys are so small, they can't distribute, you know? So it's like, you know, it just, I went up there last two weeks ago to a barbecue. You know, these four teachers, great guys, making great beer. <laughs> making great beer, so just great people. teachers? Yeah, they're all wow. teachers. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, <laughs> kind of like us, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. For, yeah, so uh, just, you know, just good people, great, uh, great people. Yeah, this whole beer community is... Uh, it's great. I'm, I'm Kim, happy what, what does Kevin's it. name tag say? <laughs> oh, it's, what's that? School teacher. He's got his teacher's bag. Oh, oh my god! god. Yeah. Kevin is a full-time public school teacher. Oh my and god! Chris, did you used to be a teacher? I was for, for several years. I was a oh, yeah. New York City global history teacher, ninth and tenth grade. Actually, my school was right down the block from Interboro. Yep. So there was, oh, when I was teaching, there was no even thought of a brewery in that neighborhood. Wow. 1998 to 2001-ish. Kevin, are, are there places that give discounts for teachers, like, afterwards? Uh, you know what? Harlem Hops, uh, I think, does a discount <laughs> for teachers. Um, breweries, you know what? Uh, you know teachers what? should be your great audience, because yeah. they get out. Yeah. Around, what time do you get out? 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock? Well, you know what? I actually left early to be here. You know, this is this is the, the, the first day of school, so the kids are really coming in tomorrow. Oh. So I'm able to, you know... Uh, Tell the principal, so I'm leaving a half an hour early. I'm, I'm doing a, a, a podcast. Yeah, so. It's education. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, Kim, Kim, for you. So we kind of know the vibe of Beer Wax. I don't want to take it for granted, but the music's a big part of it, that there's certainly an identity. And we've talked to Chris about it's being inspired by Japanese record bars and, and things that sometimes seem obvious. And, and I think that's why Beer Wax has been so interesting because, yeah, it has good beer, but it, it's on its own. It's standalone in a unique place. But tell us about Harlem Hops and how that works. Um, you know, you have beer, but you probably have other things. What What's the core of Harlem Hops, like the experience that that you would say this is what Harlem Hops is about? I feel like Harlem Hops is like, a, it's like cheers. We like to call it cheers. It's um, <laughs> uh, one of the things that I appreciate, you know, the most memorable moments uh, for me coming to the bars when I see all of our regulars there at the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now that they've become family, like that's just exactly what we want. You know what I'm saying? It's like you curate, you have an idea of what you want to curate. And then when you see it and you see the enthusiasm of them and just wanting to be there and like experiencing everything with you. And, but when you come in, it's just like a warm, welcoming feeling. Like we all have ties, to, Southern ties. So it's that, Southern hospitality that is very refreshing for people that come to Harlem House because they're not used to it. They're used to being treated like, you know, shit in New York. Mm. So <laughs> you come, you come, it's like you come home and people are like, hey, and everybody, even the customers are like, hey, and everybody chips in. And that's what I appreciate, that, that, that feeling. And everybody that comes there um, feels welcome. And it's a clean... Um, Clean lines, uh, just copper and concrete, like like the uh, like the uh, pyramids. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I just went to Egypt. So I had an op yeah, I had an opportunity to see where they um, where they had uh, uh, excavated like all forty um, the the first mass production brewery ever. You understand? Wow. So they had these four, 40 big um, clay pots that they mm -hmm. found discovered and found buried under the ground. 
in um, Abydos, Egypt. Wow. And they haven't even opened this up to the public yet. So I saw an article and I knew I was going to Egypt. So when I got there, I'm asking everybody about where this place is. And everybody's like, I don't know. So then when I got to Abydos, that's when they were like, oh, let's get you security. Let's call the inspector. Let's, you know, let's get things moving. And I went out and got a chance to see this rich piece of history that kind of, you know, full circle for me, because since I started in this beer industry, I wanted to understand why I had an affinity to beer being a black woman, especially. And to learn that beer was made not only by women, but started in Africa, it makes you understand, okay, that's why we have this uh, affinity towards it. And and now we're just remembering and reclaiming what we started. Wait, Kim, and that, that ancient brewery you saw, about what era was that from? Oh, it was, ooh, it was BC, um, but I can't remember the exact date, and I would have to look, and I can come back to you on that. Let me okay, look at my phone. so uh, <laughs> around the room, when, when, when you write your book, or you co-write a book about beer or hospitality, what is that book going to be about, Krista? Because you're studying for advanced Cicerone, so. Uh, I mean, for me, it would be about beer history and styles. But you said you talked about like how important the flavor is and, and this. Yeah, experience. it's a full century experience, you know, from the, you know, the visual aspect of it to taking a sip to the finish. Um, you know, we do side pours and we do Maliko. It's just a whole different century experience using that. I don't know. I think it's. But you have side pours at Beerwood? Yes. Oh, Whoa. So tell us about you. I, I, the next, I jump ahead to the draft session because yeah. oh, another yeah. thing I missed in pandemic was I got tired of drinking out of cans. Oh, and <laughs> I'll say last night I went, I was at Spite and Dival with, with one of Chris's friends, Leo from uh, the sampler in, in Bushwick. Yes, I do, and we had a simple beer. We had the Schilling Alexander on uh-huh. tap. Yeah. Well, I've only had Schilling and cans. Oh, and uh, and yes. this might we perked up. We each had three beers. We so stayed good. for food. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when, I want to talk about that draft experience, whether it's side pours or anything. To me, that's probably why I got in the business. It was having draft beer in a good establishment. Mm-hmm. So tell us about your draft beer program now, now that you're open to the public. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, we, you know, we have two Luca Fawcett. We use them for mainly lagers, but I also put a lot of English styles up there. Um, it really does change the mouthfeel and the perception and the aroma. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's educating customers. You know, a lot of Americans think, you know, a lot of foam is bad. And, oh, no, foam is good. Yeah. Foam is flavor. Yeah. Foam is aroma. Um, we love selling that. That's great. What about you, Chris? Draft beer versus uh, cans or... I'm not sure. I'm not even sure. How, what, what are you mostly serving these days? Mostly draft. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we go through, I, I actually was talking to Kevin about this. We go through sometimes two to three half kegs of Pilsner, uh, various, whether it's Czech or sometimes Italian, German pills, um, a week. So we have to half stop. Barrels? Yeah. We yeah. go through a lot of pills and a lot of Pilsners in general. Yeah. So, yeah. and it's, you know, folks come by. We, you know, we're blessed to have open streets. Um, so we have, uh, you know, really good traffic when the weather's nice, uh, anytime between, you know, really Easter and Thanksgiving, they close the street and folks really just want to have something, you know, light and crispy and take, sometimes take it with them to go. Yep. Uh, so that's really what's been selling a lot for us in terms of draft. What, what would your book be? Oof, you know, I, I have a, a bunch of, we mentioned Michael Jackson earlier yeah. and yeah. I have a bunch of his books <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and shout out to Garrett Oliver for for doing uh, what he's yes. doing and and yes. the foundation. Uh, so Michael you know, Jackson Foundation. Seriously, it's incredible, and uh, he just recently posted all the the recipients of the mm-hmm. their awards recently. So, um, but yeah, I, it would do something along the lines of a of a, a Michael Jackson book, um, very visual, um, highlighting a lot of the best beers around the world. What about your record collection? I mean, I didn't want to mention that. <laughs> but I yeah. Yeah. I mean, that may or may not be a separate book, but I have a, an idea of brewing, uh, no pun intended, uh, of, a, <laughs> uh, of a, a book regarding, you know, records and record collecting, but it's just about time. Like, when do I ever find time to, to write a book? But maybe one day. 
Yeah. Maybe it's a photo book of all the albums. I, right. Well, you know, you're onto something, Jimmy. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, Kevin and Kim, what would we have? We're gonna talk oh. about books all day. What would your book be? Well, this is easy because we're actually working on it. Um, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I had a, I had a feeling because you went to Egypt. <laughs> but uh, it would be basically our tagline, Beer, Booze, Bites, and Beats. It would be about beer, the history of beer, um, and everything as it pertains to African history, spirits as it pertains to African history, the origins of all these things, the food, you know, the bites, you know, select bites. A lot of the bites that we have, at, I mean, we have bites in Harlem Hops with African spices, Caribbean yeah. spices is just a diaspora, yeah. Yeah. you know, like we have sausage, jerk chicken sausage, you know, so we kind of incorporate what is traditional to us and the diaspora into what, um, uh, you know, uh, it's been historically that Europeans have uh, attached and trying to merge the two worlds together. But yeah, and then the, the beats, you yes, know, yeah, yeah. we love a good playlist at Harlem Hop. So, yeah, we love the music as aspect as yeah, well. I, I want to add to that also. You mentioned the 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 uh, oh, the, our, uh, our the, uh, well, the t-shirts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was wearing that. You mentioned the uh, uh, smoky. Uh, it was about to say boobs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm glad you said that though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, uh, but a few a couple of beers we have on tap right now. Uh, we mm. have one beer that was brewed by Robin over at uh, Wild East. Oh, That's it's a, so good. Yeah, amazing. That's, That's a jerk. jerk you know? oh, so wow. great. It's smoked yeah. and it's, it's jerk spice. Amazing, yeah. amazing. Fantastic. So just, yeah. and, and that's one thing we kind of, we strive for. We want to get a lot of beers on tap that's beers by women, beers of people of color. So, you know, um, as you say, you know, you don't want to just get ahead of guys crushing the head. You know, like, but, but, but it's other folks out there that are yeah, brewing, yeah. brewing good beer. Uh, you mentioned Garrett Oliver. Um, one of our regulars, uh, Sean, came up with an idea for the um, Garrett Oliver collab. And he... And it, it, Got the world hopes. Yes. yes. I'm going to get that. It, it was one of our regulars. Yeah. And he was like, you know, why, why don't you guys reach out to Uncle Nears, oh, talk to Garrett Oliver. Why don't you guys... And, and Kim, you were like... You know what, Sean? That's a great idea. <laughs> you know, exactly. you know, and sure enough, you know, uh, the the porters, the the Uncle Nearest Berries porters, delicious. You know, yeah, um, yeah. And did did yeah. you guys go and make it with him at Brooklyn Brewery, or what was the process? We we uh, we didn't get an opportunity to go there because it um, it was still during COVID. And it was just, it happened all so fast. It was just like, I don't know how that happened. Yeah, I just, I, reached out to, I, I reached out to Uncle Nearest yeah, and I was like, hey guys, can we get some of your barrels? And they were like, mm, okay. <laughs> and then the next thing I know, it was like, I thought we was gonna have to pay for shipping. I thought, you know, yeah. and the next thing I know, Gary was like, okay, we got the barrels. And I was like, wow. oh, that worked? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and then like, you know, it's just like, it it's, amazing to me especially about this beer community how you could just say oh, I want I have this idea and then it just yeah. happens yeah. Right. and you're like wow mm -hmm. I love that that yeah. feeds my soul and my spirit because I yeah. love creating I'm a producer I like creating things so yeah. this is definitely like you know I love it but yeah Garrett that mm. and and uh but we told him exactly what we wanted mm -hmm. you know what I mean and for him to be able to nail it and it just mm -hmm. came out it was, it was miraculous genius yes oh, oh, hold on one man. second we're gonna take a short break we'll be back in one minute on Beer Sessions Radio all right this episode is brought to you by Roberta's home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Roberta's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country. HRN made its home inside of Roberta's in 2009, and together they have become part of the DIY fabric of the neighborhood. Roberta's, the pizza restaurant, is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week and serves much more than just the famous wood-fired pizzas. Their team dreams up new salads, pastas, and sandwiches on the regular. Roberta's Tiki Bar is alive and well in the back garden, serving up frozen drinks in the summer and hot toddies in the winter. Stop by the bakery and takeout spot next door for fresh breads, sticky buns, and pizzas to go. And of course, there's the two Michelin-starred Blanca tucked away in the garden for truly daring diners. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick, with multiple locations in New York City and now in Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. 
Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Hey, 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 welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on Heritage Radio Network. Hey, we're in studio at Roberta's Pizza in Bushwick. This is our 13th season. It's uh, September of 2022. We've got a great show. And don't forget, reach out and support us at heritageradionetwork.org slash donate. Become a member. And there's over 30 shows going on. Food, farming, cocktails, and beer on heritageradionetwork.org. So, Kim and, and Kevin from Harlem Hops, you're making... Something with Garrett Oliver. Tell us what the beer is. We just the first session we were just finishing that up, but so what's the beer? Uh, it's a porter, uh, and it was that was actually Garrett's idea. Well, we we had talked about doing a stout. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Garrett was like, you know what? Let's stick to a porter. It's a little more traditional. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's a little smooth. That's drinkable. Yep. Yeah, more yeah, you know ABV. You yeah, you were the OG in this game, so let's yeah. let's do that. You know? <laughs> yeah, and. Um, and, you know, and like I said, Kim reached out to uh, Fawn Weaver, who's the owner um, of Uncle Nears, Uncle Nears, and um, kegs were there, and uh, wow. we were able to barrel age. I think he aged it for eight months, I believe. It's an 8.2% porter, and um, I wish we would have brought one. I didn't know what told us. <laughs> 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 that was first. That was first. That and then what? So then, like, how you guys hear about the, you know, the the buzz? Because to go from the the beer and what's online to actually putting it in your establishment. Yeah. So you yeah. did you already hear about this beer? I did. So Brooklyn oh. Brewery, you know, they distribute to a big distributor that I don't really use, but their specialty stuff they self-distribute. Mm-hmm. So I just got a list sure. this week yeah. and call them hopes is one of it, and I'm definitely getting it. So it's low ABV. It's using the. Uh, the African grain, right? And barrel aged in whiskey barrels. Yes, yes. yes. Oh, so, uh, that's right up our alley. Wh- which African grain? Combinations. Uh, I don't. Did he use the African grain? Um, I don't know. You if said I know Afri- about the grain. It's using African grain? Or I have to go do the research. I don't, I don't know about the African grain. There yeah. were a lot. He does a lot of those specialty beers. He does a lot. I mean, he did. He did just do another beer with a, a specific African grain, and it might be maybe confusing. Mm. But he uh, this one, I don't think we had any African it's grain. It's whiskey barrel aged, right? It was just yes. whiskey yes, barrel yes. aged. Yeah, whiskey yeah. 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 yeah, But but back to Krista. I mean, still like of the people sourcing and and selling beer, I'm whenever I see what you have. I'm like, that's my go-to place. Right. Well, that's what I want because there's not 20 kegs of this. There's, you know, yeah. two or three. So I'm like, I'm I definitely su- want I'm that. I'm surprised yeah. they have that. And how many <laughs> people know? are going to get to taste that? You yes, know? Yes. And then yeah. It's the perfect ABV, too. It, it, it's it very is. approachable. Delicious. Yeah. So we got three books. We got... <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. This is... And you, here. What, what's your book going to be? Because you've got a whole different perspective on this. Um, you're, you're actually the book I want to read. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet of you. So sweet. Well, yeah, higher. Yes, it. thank you Hire. for remembering. It's yeah, higher, everybody, whoever's listening. Your um, wives. So I think for me, the biggest thing that hasn't been mentioned is that, and we've talked about it in some different ways, is the education of of craft beer and how each of us are doing something really special and specific um, in craft beer. And I think what is central to what Beer Wax and Beer Wax Queens does is the education for people of color, um, which cannot be forgotten. I think we are serving a community that um, isn't often remembered when it comes to craft beer. That's true. And that is true and dear to my heart that um, obviously, this goes without saying, but I'll say it, our bars, all of our establishments are for everybody. Yes, um, absolutely. Anybody and everyone is welcome. And I think, though, that it, it, it feels so good as a New York, Dominican-raised woman from New York City. I'm from this city to see people that look like me at a craft beer bar when, in fact, we go to other craft beer establishments and we're not the majority. Mm -hmm. And I think what feels really special and what I would write about is how we've created these spaces for black and brown folks to come in and feel like they're learning something, that they know something (laughs) new about craft beer, that like, sure, you could drink a Corona when you leave here or a Presidente or a Bud, but you've certainly had something different at any of our establishments. 
Um, so my book would focus, I would say, on how New York City establishments, you know, obviously focusing on beer wax, have created these spaces for people that are from any and everywhere coming into our Thank spaces you. and Thank learning you. about uh, yeah. about craft beer. Yes, like, yes. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll write that book. Okay, yeah. All right, all right. And why I left my full-time job. <laughs> or co-write it, but... I know, I know. You know, I'm, I'm ready for that. We're, we're going to... We'll do the interview. <laughs> and then we'll do Kim's. We'll be like... That's right. It started when I went to Egypt. Okay. That's right. Yeah, really but it, it is amazing to go, you know, to go back to your roots or wherever you're from. Even when I was... Like young man, I, I went to Italy, and yes. it was by being in this industry. You know, I, everyone's different, but when I grew up, I grew up in a, an Irish place and a working class place, and and I had an Italian family. I was ashamed of being an Italian. My mother had brown skin, did not like that, mm -hmm. and I I have to say it's the truth. And it was only when I got in this industry and I choose what what do I know, what can I appreciate, and and for me it was the food. Mm -hmm. But I, I, will, I also want to interject again because I remember going to your bar for the first time and feeling like I belong. Yeah, that's right. Seriously. Yeah. I was just like, oh my God, what is this place? Where am I? What am I learning about? Like all these incredible beers. I remember us going there together. So yes, thank you for creating that space and having that space available for the amount of time that it was there, which is amazing. And opening up to events like... Yes. Uh, you know, Josh Bernstein's uh, oh jamborees and, and his home brewing stuff, that we met many of the brewers that are actually now have full-fledged breweries, yeah. you know, from Jason, you know, Strong Rope to Finn Mac and Basil, the Wild you East. know, Wild, Wild East. East, Brett, you know, all these folks yeah. were there as wow. home brewers yeah. and talking about, oh, we have these dreams. Yeah. And Jimmy hosted these events, yeah. and now these folks are starting multiple breweries in New York yeah. State. I was, I'll just give a shout-out again since we're doing this. Um, I was lucky at the time that I had I had extra space and I was in the East Village, which at the time was the crossroads because whether you're coming from Queens, Williamsburg, or, or downtown Brooklyn, you, you all had to go through Union Square or, or the East Village. And guys like Chris Kuzme, he was a big yeah. part of the early days. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We had so many brewers coming yeah. through there hosting the BJCP classes yeah. where so many of the, the brewers who are now brewers like Jeff Lyons, you know, mm -hmm. they, they were there either right. teaching it or taking the class. Mm -hmm. yeah. So th thanks for pointing that out. But yeah. again, that's just me, my experience, and appreciating what you guys do. Because when you have a public, it's not, you're not a supermarket, and you're not just a brewery. When you have a public establishment, you are you are creating community. And, and I didn't really, I didn't really steer that ship. Mm -hmm. Is that just by being open to people, the scene then were people that were, Home brewing and ready to take that jump, you know. Mm -hmm. The same way with arts and theater and other things, mm -hmm. there were there was just that community of people. So yeah. I can only it's say crazy. that I said yes instead of no. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's my book, but yeah. <laughs> but I think I say my book every week. So you know what I mean. <laughs> but so thanks, man. But yeah, yeah. and um, you know we're not gonna say much longer. But this la the last two beers, Chris, there was one that was a little sour, the the the, the glass yeah. bottle. And these, yeah, these are these are all Yeah, with uh. It's a saison made with grape musk. Mm -hmm. So you yes, really, right. it was yeah. very tart, but you so absolutely taste that. So Krista, cheers to you, because one of the big reasons yeah. I really got in the, the, the craft <laughs> beer rabbit you. hole way back when was I met the Shelton Brothers in 2006, mm -hmm. and they came in with a whole other class of beer, and they even told me XYZ triple from Belgium is shit. you got to try <laughs> ours. Oh, and by the way, yeah. there's no sugar in it. Wow. Right, yeah. I mean, but you and that take that sip and it's the, shocking the to the palate, right? Duranke, yeah. Yeah. XX. You, so, when did you first taste a Shelton Brother beer? And oh, wow. it, it, I love that you love this because yeah. these are my go-to beers. Outside of my, you know, my favorite New York City craft beers, I'm drinking Shelton mm -hmm. Brother beers and Be United beers. Yeah, mm. so good. Um, and a lot of their beers are about history. You know, these breweries have been around for... Some of them hundreds of years, yeah. you know. Um, so they're using these old family recipes, mm -hmm. you know, and they're sticking true to those styles. And you know, they've now established a brand identity. But um, and again, it's so good you can sip it and taste all the nuances, but you can also just appreciate the simplicity of it. Yeah. So like, when you're going back to Beer Witch tonight or or tomorrow night, 
every day. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are, are you someone? When, I, I used to. Are you someone that drinks small tastes of your beers? I drink every single day. I don't remember the last time I was drunk, but we taste yeah. all day long. Yep. So do we. Yeah. Yep. Have your wife. Especially because we write the yeah. shelf talkers. So a lot of times I'm, you know, reliant on the breweries for that information yeah. and we taste it and it's something completely different. Mm-hmm. So right. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because that I was always like that too. You you when you're in the industry, I'm used to having a small glass yep. taste of this, another one. Also because I like it cold. <laughs> yeah. And when when I switched to the to being a consumer and going to the consumer side. I started having to talk about things like glassware. It's like, then you realize how many bars are just giving you a pint mm-hmm. when the beer doesn't taste good in a pint halfway through the pint. Yeah. It's not even cold anymore. Yes. It's flat. Yeah. So how do you guys address that? So you on the, see we on the industry side, get all the good stuff. We can control the poor we have, but how, how do you balance making money and having a certain kind of glassware or presentation mm-hmm. in, in your establishment? Chris? Well, we definitely don't do the traditional pint glasses. We do uh, 12 ounce Belgian style glasses. Um, we also, n- when it's not open streets, we offer four, eight, and 12 ounce pours. So if someone wants to sample a lot, uh, they can do a four ounce pour. But we want to ensure that people can try it and you know taste as many things as possible yes, on draft. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Same here. You know, uh, we have some customers come in and they want to try like multiple beers. And uh, if you drink one 12, two or three 12 ounce uh, triple or double IPAs, you're done, you know. But it's nice to have a four ounce and be able to have a four ounce of tap one, tap two, tap three, tap, tap yeah. four. And also, I'm, I'm think I, I would think the price, um, the price of the cakes. I mean, I hate, I mean, I don't know if you guys agree with this, but the price of the cake kind of dic- dictates mm-hmm. how much we're serving also. You know, it's not like, you know, you're getting cakes for a hundred bucks. These right. cakes are... Yeah. And you can't you can't sell a twenty dollar yeah. pint. Yeah, and, and, right. and, and we still you know we still have to remember we we are, we are a business. We have to make a, a, yes. a particular process right. profit. You know. Yeah. So yeah. And what, what's the price point now? I, I remember one time my regular pints were seven, and I had imperial pint for eight. This was eight wow. years That's ago. That's like a five yeah. ounce one, now. One time I went up. I think eight years ago I went up to uh, yeah. my, put my regular pints at eight because I was getting the good stuff. Barrier, other half. Oh yeah. And heat. someone I can say it's it's a. Uh, Ann Riley, who now runs the okay. New York City Brewers Guild, yeah, yeah, she yeah. posted yeah. on her Twitter. She says, I don't know. I went and did Jimmy's number 43 and it had $8 pints. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So what, what about you, Krista? Because you, you, do you do more sampling? What, what's your we glass and We don't do any size? samples at all, which is a little controversial, but that's why we have small pour sizes, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, we want you to taste as many different beer styles as possible. And in our case, we have a lot of specialty kegs that are actually like 22 sometimes 24 dollars for a 12 ounce pour so it's like we're not going to offer that you know yeah. so we perfectly yeah. offer small pours so yeah. that you can taste something exactly. with specialty yes and what kind of glassware do you use we just use uh tapered wine glass you know we have five eight 12 ounce markets for lagers we use the dimple mug yeah you know when i was at i was at spite and dive last night they had these little I, i'm really uh, does anyone of you know the science of the thickness of glass Okay, well, well no, we got to do a glass It's no the thickness. So actually, technically, a finer glass that's thinner uh-huh. keeps your beer colder because wow. because the temperature okay. of the beer goes into the glass. So if you have a thick shaker American pint glass, it's actually drawing coldness out okay. into the glass. Okay. That that's actually so some of the German, you know, those nice German yeah. kind of 10, 20 ounce beers. The, the thinner glass actually will keep your glass cooler. You guys didn't know that. No, because I, I would think the opposite, that your hand would warm up a thinner glass so the beer or whatever liquid would get warmer quicker. So it's funny that it's counterintuitive. You know, we, we've yeah. done shows that over the years, and I don't know the science. I just know that it makes a lot of sense. Well, especially if you're if you're knocking American pints, which, again, it's hard to. It, it, they're affordable and everything. Yeah. I, I used to try to just get wine glasses or... At one point, like all the Belgian breweries had had goblets, and we were trying to put as many beers in goblets yeah. as we could. Mm-hmm. But you know, you're also at the mercy of. At one point, suppliers were giving you glasses, and I think that, you know. So there's been a lot of changes on, on your end because, I mean, honestly, can you really? You're not going to go and buy an expensive glass that it 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 might walk, but more likely it's going to break. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. we 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 buy expensive glasses and they walk and break. And walk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have a monthly tally. When do I need to be ordered? Yeah, expensive. It's expensive. Yeah. yeah, But we stay away from. Um, we don't advertise other like you know, 
Those major brands, yeah, yeah it's it's branding glass. Huh? Yeah, yeah, we just, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you have you're you not going to see a Heineken. You have logos on your glasses. Well, we actually went away from the logos on the on the tulip glasses, but we still have logos on. No, no, we have logos on the tulip. Mm-hmm. We have logos on the tulip glasses, glasses. But, uh, yeah, but but they, but they disappear. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. they, so uh, the glasses that are not branded. You know, those they, stay, they stick around for a while. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, just. You know, you, this yeah. has been a great show. We yeah. we go on and on. We're gonna do the the last question or comment. I know each of you has something to say. I know Yahira has a lot to say. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start with you. Always. So, okay, we're, we're you guys running two two bars now. What's the favorite part of your places besides how hard you guys have to work? Mine or what everybody else? For is. you. <laughs> You're here um, in the room. I love that. And I mentioned this before, I love that majority owners are people of color in craft beer. Um, I love that we have paid attention to the aesthetic and the feeling um, at each of our spaces. And as different as they both are, they should feel like home or familiar to you in some space, uh, in any one of the spaces. Um, I love that one of them is in Brooklyn. I'm from Bushwick. One of them is in Queens, which is bordered to where I grew up in Bushwick. Okay. Um, so that is incredible to be able to walk. Uh, you know, I used to walk down Myrtle Ave and see what used to be a movie theater, and now it's our business. Wow. Um, yeah, exactly. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, so I feel really right, proud just right. to be able to, you know, be someone that is from Bushwick, that is Dominican, that grew up to immigrant parents, and um, I have an incredible partner in Chris and... And it's a family business. Like we are a family operated business. We're not people that come from trust funds or silver spoons. Yeah. Like we have worked really hard and continue to work yeah. really it. hard for everything that we do. So do do I feel really job. proud about all of that and being a role model or role models to our twin daughters who are 10. Well, that's one of my favorite kind of establishments, you know, owner, owner operated Family businesses, there's nothing like Thank it. Thank you, Jimmy. Christopher, for you, your favorite part about your place? Oh, um, <laughs> I mean, I still can't believe it's real, that it actually exists, because mm-hmm. it's been planning for so many years. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and I still feel like I don't. we haven't really taken off, could be open in the middle of lockdown. I'm like, I don't even know how it's going to operate if this thing ever ends. I don't know. Um but I don't mind, you know, being there seven days a week because I love it. And, you know, it's a passion of mine. And just it, it's just great finding the right people that want to be there and want to help and who are excited about it. Who, who stocks your shelves? Because you have a lot of beer. We have a lot of beer. Who's, who who <laughs> yeah. stocks your shelves? Do you do that? I Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of us to do it. But, yeah. I mean, sometimes I'm stocking two hours a day. Yeah. Wow. But I'm into it. It's like I'm in a yes, zone, you know? Yeah. I, in the early days of Jimmy's number 43, I used, I used to go and count the kegs all the time. I would, I like changing them. All these things I loved. I, yeah. I, I loved writing the beer list. So, yeah. you know, you're lucky. You really did. I'm really so proud to meet you. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you have anyone I haven't met, and it, right. it's you're newer to the scene than anyone. So, guys, let's give a round of yeah. applause to Krista and Beer Witch. That's important to think, like, I've been in the beer industry for a while, but I've been in a lot of basements and not, you know, at the front of the house. So, you know, think about how many people work at breweries and beer bars who are, you know, behind the scenes. They're doing a lot of the work to make these places run. So these people need a lot of, you know, credit. We couldn't do without them. That's right. And then Kim and and Kevin, let's wrap it up. Kim, what do you think? I I forgot the question. (laughs) (laughs) There's there's no question. You're just going to wrap it up. Oh, I like to thank the Academy. (laughs) Um, I I mean, I I just love what we're doing at Harlem Hobbs. I love the future of Harlem Hobbs. Um, It's a lot that we have brewing, but we can't really talk about it just yet. But it's right there. Right. (laughs) So, um, oh, it's heritage. So, a lot of uh, good t-shirts. I bet you have good t-shirts. We have some dope (laughs) t-shirts. Dope beer. Dope beer. Come to our uh, our establishment in twenty two sixty eight, Clayton Powell Junior Boulevard, and get you some great beer, some good vibes. 
Between 1.30 and 1.34. <laughs> All right, Kevin, I'm thirsty. Yeah. We're going to your place later. What, wow. what, what should I drink tonight? Oh, my goodness. Uh, two villains. We have three Ooh. kegs of two villains on tap right now. Uh, who, who They're now never dead brewing. And um, one is a black coach that's mm. drinking great. Mm. Um, I think, Chris, you have, uh, Chris and I have the same keg on now, the cream ale. Cream ale we have on, yeah. Amazing, amazing, mm-hmm. amazing. Um, and they have a stout, uh, a pastry stout. Uh, anniversary cat that is delicious drinking, drinking great I'll tell you this is just a little snapshot of some of the great New York City craft beer establishments Beer Wax Chris and Yahira Harlem Hops Kevin and Kim and Beer Witch Krista thanks so much for joining Ooh, me here on Heritage Radio Network big shout out to our engineer Armin Spengen and producing Armin. intern Alex Tran I'm Jimmy Carboni it's so great being back in Roberta's oh, Pizza man. in the studio yeah, we'll thanks, catch Roberta. you next time on Beer Sessions Radio yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Arnie. Thank you, guys. Beer Sessions Radio is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.